I think the first thing you have to realize is if you go to a show like IMTS without a plan, you will walk a lot, you will not see as much as you want to, and you will probably not see the things you really needed to see. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff. With the International Machine Tool Show coming up next week in Chicago, we decided it was really important to do a podcast about how to get ready for a trade show. This is part one of our two-part interview with Will Healy. Will has been going to machining industry trade shows, such as IMTS, for a long time as an exhibitor, a speaker, and attendee. I and myself have been to quite a few trade shows as well over the years, including IMTS. And I have to say, I wish I had known a lot of the stuff covered in this interview back then, like how to plan your schedule before a show and the best strategies for networking. Today's podcast is brought to you by Graf Pinkert. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graphpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. I am very honored to be with Will Healy, manufacturing thought leader and a board member at the AMIP in Cincinnati. Welcome to the show, Will. Really excited to be here and talk with you today, Noah. So, I mean, if we start at the very beginning, I'll give you the the two-minute spiel. Uh, I have a mechanical engineering degree from Purdue University, but uh, you don't want me to engineer anything. I spent my entire engineering degree... I was the guy building study groups and forcing everyone to talk to each other when no one wanted to talk to each other. I would learn things from one group and then trade that information to another group to learn things in that group that that I traded to a third group to get information to trade to the first group. Um, And so I really, I was like the ultimate networker in uh, engineering school. And you couldn't pass engineering school without like a huge army of of, of networking. You really could not. I mean, the top number one kids that were going to go to grad school could, but no one else could. So um, I, I built a lot of networks and I, and I was always the one kind of like organizing people and things. So um, that was just always who I was. I, I knew I did not want to be an engineer. So I was looking and um, heard about this idea of technical sales. That sounded interesting. So I took a sales trainee job at, a, at an automation company, Balaf. It's in Florence, Kentucky. And I've, and I've worked at Balaf for the last 16 and a half years, give or take. What was the term? Technical networking? Technical sales. Technical sales, sorry. 
which is which is pretty common now, and a lot of engineers are aware of it as a career path. But when I was an engineer, it was definitely not a career path. And at the time, there was no like engineering business or engineering management degrees. That's all things that you can get now, twenty years later. But you know, when I was in school, that was not something you could get. You either got an engineering degree, you got a you got a business degree, but you didn't get an engineering business degree. And so, you know, they made programs like that after I left for people like me. But um, anyways. So I, I was a sales trainee. I learned about manufacturing in the industry. It was a really fun job. My job was to follow around the industry experts. So guys that already had 15, 20 years in the industry, I literally was their shadow, schlepping all their demo cases and setting everything up and, and building the PowerPoints. And um, there were three, four of these guys on the team. And so I learned everything about how automation works in packaging. I learned how automation works in uh, automotive tier suppliers and powertrain. Um, and, and metal uh, cutting and, and turning and, and then welding and stamping and, and forming. So I got this like really, and then a lot of assembly, automotive assembly and, and uh, automotive tier for like seating and interiors and stuff. So I got this really awesome blend of a lot of different industries that, that I did supporting those guys and learning things from those guys. So you um, ended up learning the important stuff anyways, just by following them. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was basically, they made crazy promises to customers and then I figured out how to deliver them. That was basically what I did. And then uh, and then I was product manager for two different products. I was the cable product manager for, for a couple of years. And then I was the, the networking product manager for a number of years. And so I learned about product management and inside the company and how to bring um, suppliers on and what it takes to have a supplier, you know, supplier business. And, and I learned about the business side of the company. And then for about five more years, I did marketing management. So I was managing like the communications team and the strategy team and the trade show team. The whole time I was building trade show demos and working trade shows for the industry. So the industry manager would say, I want a demo of a welding, automated welding cell. And I would physically build with other with other trainees and with co-op students, we would build the trade show demos that we took to the to the show. And so for the last 16, 17 years of my life, I've been going to five to 15 trade shows a year, depending on the, on the show. So um, either as an exhibitor or as a presenter or as an attendee, just depending on what I needed to do, whether it was research or whether I was presenting or whether I was um, exhibiting as an exhibitor. Interesting. And so for the last couple of years, I've been doing strategy and mostly what I've been doing is thought leadership. So presenting at conferences and and networking at the conferences and positioning the company and positioning myself as, uh, as an expert in industrial automation. Wow. Okay. And you're clearly very strong on social media. Try, try to be. <laughs> this is a total weakness of mine. I'm, I'm really, I'm giving an... Uh, a new extra effort to build the podcast. I, I entered into this training course. It's called Grow the Show. Their thing is you have to have targeted daily engagement and, you know, get in with the people, I guess, people like you who are in the industry. And yeah, I discovered you. I saw your posts and then you graciously responded to my post. Um, for everybody out there, just wondering how this interview came to be, I'm going to IMTS, like uh, a lot of you out there. And I thought, I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get the most out of this show? I've been to many IMTSs. I've been to many trade shows around the world. I often get 
things out of them. It's often not exactly what I plan to get out of them, but I, I come in maybe without a good plan. You know, I, I'm a lot of different things. I'm a machinery dealer. We have a website and we have a podcast and I really want to build the podcast. So it's always been like, okay, so you're going up to these booths and you want to meet the people at the booth. You want to learn about the products for your own education, for your own networking, maybe to get new interviews. If you listen to the podcast some or, or read our blog some, you'll you'll see that I'm sort of obsessed with this word and concept of serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like I feel like a conference like IMTS, it should be just like a big pool of serendipity. There's just so many chances for important things to happen, people to meet, um, new business, you know, ideas to percolate. And it's also very easy for very little to happen if you don't go about it in the right way. If you're, you know, I mean, you can kind of go silently through and don't talk to anybody. And maybe you can still, you know, maybe you're just there to take notes and observe the technology and maybe that works for you. But I think just the idea of who do I talk to? How do I talk to them? How should I organize myself when I'm at this show? What should I look for in people I'm networking with? Because you don't want to like just dismiss people, right? But then you spend an hour talking to somebody and it turned out it really wasn't a great use of your time. But then again, the, that's the hard part. You what, you might not have known, right? Sometimes the people you don't expect are going to be important and interesting are. Since you have been an exhibitor and you've attended a lot, sounds like a lot more than I have, um, and probably analyzed this stuff a little bit more. Pretend you are an attendee. How would you advise people? And obviously, there's different ways to approach the show to get different things out of it. Um what are some of the ways somebody could approach a show like IMTS, a ginormous show? I think the first thing you have to realize is if you go to a show like IMTS without a plan, you will walk a lot, you will not see as much as you want to, and you will probably not see the things you really needed to see. Because because the trick is, is if oh, you're be writing... Beautiful, like, beautiful soundbite. That's totally going to be right? my, my teaser. Go on. Go, go, go for it. I mean, that's really the trick, right? If you don't, um, if you don't have that plan, you're really in big trouble because they're going to unload you from the bus. You're staying at a hotel. You get on the shuttle. They unload you from the bus, and they're going to unload you in the main hall. And especially if you're interested in machining, they're unloading you at North and South. And so you follow the flow of traffic. You you get up to the to the top of the floor, and you look around, and you wander into South. And you don't realize you for the people who haven't been to IMTS, explain north and south. Yeah, totally. So there are like four major exhibition areas at IMTS. And that is that's a really great point uh, because Noah, it can be overwhelming. Absolutely. And there are there are three major buildings. The main building, the one where you get dropped off, you pick up your Ubers, you, you do all of that. You get picked up and dropped off and stuff, typically in the north-south building. That's the main building. It's the one you see the pictures of with all the glass. That, that's McCormick, McCormick Place. McCormick, McCormick Place, McCormick Place north-south. Okay. And then um, on that, you ride all these escalators up to the main floor. That's level three. 
and that's where the the north is to the left and south is to the right. And then there's like a bridge that goes across Lakeshore Drive. You walk over this beautiful bridge. You can see the city, and that is Lakeside. So or, or east everybody, sometimes. I'm going to interrupt you. It sounds like it's a long way to walk, and it's tiring, and it is. I always wear tennis shoes unless I. I, I literally, if I have to work a trade show booth, I carry dress shoes in my backpack, and I wear tennis shoes everywhere that I walk. And then if I've got to stand in a booth and have a dress code in a booth, then I like take out my dress shoes and put my dress shoes on. But like, do not go for style over comfort because you're going to walk a lot totally, even just from the bus to the front entrance of a, of a show park. And this is really the trick is you should have a plan. Look at the map ahead of time. I know that sounds like obvious, but like so many of us, like we are busy, we've got lots to do, we like in a hurry, but like seriously, take a little bit of time and like look at the IMTS map because and it's who so is, who can read Who can read maps now? <laughs> oh, so some apps have like positioning. I even downloaded the IMTS app, so I'm not sure if it has positioning in it or not. But that that does help. It should. Um, if, if and if it doesn't, that would be really nice for the next IMTS. But but I don't want people to feel overwhelmed. If you make a plan, that's why just making a plan so important. Here are the things I want to see. Here are the technologies I want to see. Here are the companies I want to see, and put them on a map. Look look at a map realize like, oh, these are all W's. So they're going to be in the West. These are all N's. They're going to be in the North and group them together by where they are. So that, you know, it's organized very well. If you understand that, like the W booths are in the West Hall and the N booths are in the North Hall. So making a plan, not in alphabetical order or just a random list in a notebook or something, group them together in in numerical and, and alphabetical groupings. That way, you know, oh, you know, I know that this booth is next to that booth. Because they're similar numbers and they're they're both in the West Hall, then you know they're together. Because I can't tell you how many times I've gone without a plan. I'm like, oh, I need to talk to these guys. And then I look and I I walked past it like 10 minutes ago. And then I've got to walk back. And then you're just like walking back and forth in the same area. Like that, it's a waste of time. You don't have time for that. Okay. You, you don't right. I mean, it's, many people, all, all you might have is four hours or something. And then you got to get back out. Hey, listeners, I first just want to say thank you for tuning in. I know you could be spending your time doing a whole bunch of other things right now. I'm trying hard to build our audience for this podcast, and as you might imagine, it's not easy. Rather than just ask you to rate and review the show, which I would love if you did, I want to try something different. I would be eternally grateful if you could stop this episode for a moment And think of one person who would enjoy the show. And then send them a text message to recommend it. Okay. I will now assume you've taken care of that. Back to the show. Right. So really having a plan ahead. The other thing that I would say is if you know you're going to IMTS, if you're an attendee, you should absolutely tell your salespeople of your vendors. You should tell your vendors you're going and make sure that they tell the booth staff you're coming because a lot of vendors, they want to see customers. They want to talk to you. They want to make it a personal experience for you. But if they don't know you're coming or don't know you're a customer, you're going to get just the random dude walking by experience. But if they know you're a customer and they know you're coming and they're like, oh, John, I'm so glad you stopped by. Steve told me you guys were going to come on Tuesday. I'm so glad you came. Like, let's go get you a coffee or something and let's talk. You get a much better experience if they know you're coming. Yeah. 
Like I have one appointment with, I think with Mastercam and then I haven't made any appointments with anybody else. And that's just because they sought me out. I should probably go and look up a few others. They don't need to be fixed appointments. Like for me, these are literally all the people that I've written down that I want to talk to at IMTS. Okay. These are, these are all the people I want to talk to at IMTS, but I only have one of those has a time. The rest of them are just booths and people that at some point while I'm there, if it works out to my schedule, I'm going to stop by and see if I see that person. And if okay. not, I'll, that person is an intro. They know I'm coming and they're going to tell their friends, hey, if you see Will, like even if I'm at lunch, if you see Will, like, you know, say hi to him and give him the treatment. So it's much better. It's in your interest as an attendee to let your vendors know you're coming and like communicate with them that you're going to be there. A lot of vendors have special events you know, like happy hours and after hours and, and these kinds of things. And so they'll be excited to invite you to those things. So give me an example of the exact relationship, your, your event. So you're saying you're a machining company and you like to use citizens. You're saying, yeah. tell citizen that you're coming. That's what yeah, you're, that's the example. I'll, I'll stop by the booth, tell them I'm going to stop by and, and say hi and see what's new. Okay. So even if you don't do it ahead of time, just do like, a flyby and then return back. Yeah, could be that. I mean, I would I would just right now you've got nine, eight days to IMTS or four days to IMTS, whatever it is, shoot a text to your salesperson. Hey, we're going to IMTS next week. You got know, you. you guys, you guys gonna have a booth there or you guys got any special events going on? Like you know, make make that connection. Cause the other thing I'll say as an attendee is I see a lot of attendees where when the show floor is over, the trade show's over. But there is an immense amount of networking and connections and activities. And especially if you're part of an association, a trade association, there are many trade associations that have events after hours. And those are opportunities for you to network with like-minded business people in a similar situation as you that are in a similar industry. As Machinery you. dealers so, have, have a big thing on the first night. Yeah, and see, it, it, great, great great example. So don't think just because the show floor closes at five that you've lost, like there's nothing else to see. Like some of my best experiences at trade shows have been after the show floor closed. Absolutely. So the the real trick is, um, you know, I always, I have a general life rule when I travel is to not eat alone. And, and so even if it's not an exhibitor buying you dinner, even if it's, it's a colleague from another state that, you know, from a industry event, like, Hey, are you guys doing anything for dinner? Nope. You want to meet up and have dinner? They don't want to eat alone either. So like, you know, make the connection. Have you found that at trade shows, sometimes you are alone and you go to eat lunch in the food court and you just, whoever you sit next to, you just start talking. And sometimes you end up like meeting somebody really interesting. Like totally. you know, maybe you look at their badge or their what's on their shirt or sometimes the most random things because I guess the bottom line is, even if they are random, you have both traveled to Chicago or wherever to see this show. There is some thread. There is something you have in common. And maybe you guys could connect. Absolutely. I think you're right on when you said when you're traveling. I mean, unless you really want to try not to eat alone, try not to eat alone. If you're an introvert and that recharges you and you need that to make it through the next trade show day, you need, you know, those times by yourself. I totally get it. But generally, like you can eat alone by yourself at home, I guess, unless you got three kids like I do. But like, I mean, you can, there are moments where you can be alone that aren't the show. Like you paid a lot of money to be there. The hotel rooms are not cheap. So like, really, we want to, we want to utilize that investment we made 
as powerfully as possible. And so the networking opportunities, the moments to connect with people, the moments to connect with possible future allies, um, I, I think that's a really important part of that. So, so you say you're an end user, you've decided to come to the show. How do you find out about some of those after hours things? Just kind of keep your eyes open at the different booths or go on IMTS website or what? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them aren't necessarily published on the IMTS website, but if you tell a vendor, hey, I'm coming to the show and I've got an event going on and you're my customer, I'm going to invite you to that event. And then with the associations, typically it's the invite's probably buried in a in a member email you haven't read in the last year, right? Because you're, you're drowned in emails, so you didn't look at the emails. So go back and look for, oh, we're part of the Society of Manufacturing Engineers, or we're part of AMT, or we're part of ASME, or wh- whatever, whatever you're a part of, go and see, are they doing some sort of mixer or networking event? A lot of them are. And right. even if it costs you a little bit of money, you're going to have to buy dinner anyways. So like pay that money, just pay it because the value you're going to get out of that networking opportunity is much, much more than the 30 or $50 that you're going to pay to be part of the networking event. All right. Now we're, we're going to go a little more detailed now, probably, probably going down a rabbit hole and we'll, we'll have to get back on course of the trade show. However, you seem like you are a networker naturally. I think I'm a decent networker. I, I have my moments of good networking. Say you are um, invited to go to an event for a Swiss machine star or something. Yep. I mean, I suppose people have different things they're looking for. Are they looking to learn about the technology? Maybe they just want to meet other vendors like them. What would you recommend for people to get something out of going to an event when they're there? Yeah, I think uh, two things that I always do is I always carry a little notebook with me and I write people's names down as best as I can remember them as I meet people. And uh, do you think do you think that if you use like the notepad on a phone that has the same effect as a notepad or do you think a notepad's better? I really don't like when people pull out their phones. It's very disengaging. And if you watch it, it's contagious like a yawn. Like if one person pulls out their phone in a group, watch the next time you're in a group of like four or five, six people. If one person pulls out their phone within 30 seconds, more than half the people have their phone out. Interesting. Because I really like my notepad, but you're making uh-huh. me think you're making me think twice I- about it. I usually have it just sitting here on my desk, but it's, uh, you know, I, I don't have it sitting here on my desk. It's sitting on the How kitchen counter. You, but I have just a little, I'm, I'm 40 this year. It's it's crazy. So okay, I'm, I'm definitely 42. a paper guy. I'm a paper guy. Yeah, we're, is, we're, uh, we're kind of like right, <laughs> right in between, you know? Yep. I've, I found um, it's less distracting to people if I have a, it, it keeps the engagement going. If I have a notebook and I just write, write something down, I don't write lots of things down. I usually write their name and their company and stuff. But the one thing that I will tell you is I genuinely try as hard as I can. I'm not perfect at it by any means. Um, anyone I've met when I'm at an event, I find them on LinkedIn or if they gave me a card, I'll send them a, a text or an email after we've met. Hey, I really enjoyed talking to you. That was really great. We had talked about this. Would you mind sending me a link that we had talked about or something that triggers for them that we met? So this is kind of like getting the cart before the horse. But the follow up after a show to me, there is work after a show. And I actually put in my calendar post show work. I learned something the other day. It's so simple and it's so gold. Okay, so as I said before, I'm in this podcast. They call it the podcast accelerator. Okay, cool. Well, it's, it's really cool because you get to have office hours with the grandmaster of the program. Uh, 
he doesn't call himself that. I called himself that joking, <laughs> him jokingly. It'd be kind of a jerky thing to do. Anyways, <laughs> I I told him, I said, I'm going to IMTS. And I asked him, what should I do? Should I be looking for guests? Should I be looking? And he's like, all right, well, I think you should be looking for guests. And he said, here's, but this, this goes for whether you're looking for guests or anything. He said, have the Calendly app on your phone. I, I know a lot of people listening to this know about it and many people don't. Calendly mm-hmm. is, it's so simple, but it's genius. It's this app. Generally, people send an email, you know, what time should we meet or whatever. And, you know, it's always hard because you're like emailing back and forth. Back and oh, forth. what time yep. is good for you? What time is good for me? Blah, 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 blah. This thing, it just gives you a calendar. It gives people the times that you're available. And then it just marks it on there and it's locked in. So he says, you go to somebody, have this Calendly app ready on your phone, and then you make a date, boom, it's ready. It's not like, yeah, okay, well, when I get back, uh, we'll email. We'll set something up. <laughs> meanwhile, like they're emailing with like 30 people who are all trying yep. to set something up. This is already written cool. in stone. Yep. Or it goes into their their bag of doom because they've been carrying a bag around all week with like flyers and stuff in it. And then if you hand hand them some, it goes in that bag of doom. That bag of doom never gets looked at. There's literally a pile of bags of doom sitting on the floor next to me over here. Like totally. Yeah, it's going to sit in the corner. Shuffle. (laughs) Totally. The other thing this guy told me, which I mean, look, I've made a study of serendipity, negotiation, networking, and nobody ever put it to me this way. He said. If you're going to go and you're trying to make, you know, start up a conversation with somebody, ask them what problems they have. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> Duh. Like, I ask, like, I ask that question a lot. Somebody will, somebody will just start talking about it. We'll just start talking about and in a business. I mean, obviously, you don't want to hear about their divorce or whatever. Mm-mm. But if you can get them to start talking about business problems. So obviously, sometimes that could be a really annoying conversation, but sometimes it could just totally create this connection. Oh, I could solve this. I can't solve this, whatever. So that was just something that that hit me. Um, you have any other uh, ideas about the networking? And then we'll go to something else. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that you have to be active about is you've mentioned it, uh, I think once or twice is when you're having a conversation and you don't think it's creating value for you or leading anywhere because you have a fixed amount of time at the trade show. Like if you're, if you're at IMTS for two days, you've got the show floor open for about nine hours. Right. And uh, you, and you're not going to make it through the nine hours. You're you're, you're not going to make it to your things that you, that you need to make it to. If you get trapped in a conversation, that's not creating value for you. And you can't be like, Dude, you're boring, not valuable to me. Goodbye. You can't do that to someone, right? That's really not uh, not the trick. So getting out of conversations that that are creating value for the moment, um, it's really challenging. I'm a very polite guy. But um, I I typically tell people, um, you know, I have an appointment because a lot of times I do have an appointment, but it may not be like within the next two minutes. But, you know, I got an an appointment soon. I got to I got to run. It's, you know, in another hall or something or or down, you know, on the other side of this floor or something. Um, I got an appointment. Um, I tell people, hey, you know, I'm just honest with people sometimes. I like I go to the bathroom all the time. So I'm like, you know what? I got to use the head. You know, let's regroup on this conversation. Give me your card or here's my card. Like, let's connect an email. Let's regroup on this. And so I think generally people are excited to talk to you and, and you're excited to talk to people. But 
that everyone has such a limited amount of time on the show floor that it's really important to make sure that you're you're able to disengage. So typically, I, I, I always try to offer like, let's continue the conversation at, at another time, like at the show floor here. Let's try to continue another conversation. So I just thought of this. Do you ever give yourself a time constraint? Like you tell yourself, I am only going to spend 20 minutes at this or with this person. Or is that too limiting because you never know some magic could happen and you have to stay? Yeah, I mean, uh, generally, I, I don't use a time constraint. Now, that being said, if I'm at a big networking event, I don't know many people and I've purposely gone there to try to mix up my personal network, then yes, I'll typically I'll typically excuse myself. Hey, I need to go get another beer, or hey, I've got an appointment to meet up with another dude. Like I, I've, I've used those pretty regularly. I'm giving away my secrets, so when I use it on my friends now, they're going to be like, <laughs> "Oh, Will's just he thinks we're boring." But um, you don't do like uh, like hey, I'm getting a phone call from my wife. I've... No, 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 no. I mean, I have I actually used that one yesterday. I did use that one yesterday, but my wife did actually text me and say, "Why are where are you?" So uh, that that was a legit one, but no, not not fake fake text messages are obvious. They're obvious. Oh. Like we all know when someone fake looks at their phone. I don't know, but in any case, I'm a poor liar, um, mm -hmm. and it sounds like you've got some good tactics, so you don't have to actually lie. Like I have, I have tons of appointments I have to get to. They don't necessarily have a time on them, but hey, I gotta, I gotta get to an appointment. I'm not lying to them. I gotta go meet with Josh. Okay, so that is a really, really important hack there. Disengaging, yeah, especially if you sit down at a random table at lunch. <laughs> if you sit down at a random table at lunch, you could get someone's entire PhD thesis if you aren't careful. So the the real, you really need it at lunch is is oh, you know, we we got an appointment works really well at that at a random random people at lunch table. From today's machining world, this is Swarfcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the show on your favorite app and give us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and todaysmachiningworld.com to join our mailing list, read episode summaries, and watch extended interview videos. I'm Noah Graff. My occasional co-host is Lloyd Graff. Our managing editor is Ridgely Dunn. Our audio engineer is Patricio Garcia. For information on advertising or to submit an idea for a future podcast, follow the contact information at todaysmachiningworld.com.